So today, our gospel lesson comes from the 13th chapter of Matthew with the parable of the sower. The author organizes the lesson into two different counterparts. There's the parable of the sower and the parable of the sower explained. At first, we might think, oh, how nice of Jesus to break it down for us. This is great. And then we read a little ahead in our text and we see phrases like, the thorns grew up and choked them. Or when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in the heart. Parables sometimes, they get this reputation for being easy. They provide this captivating illustration to the narrative, so they must be pretty straightforward, right? But parables are also layered with metaphors. And it's important to note here that it's, it's really easy, especially with this parable, to get caught up in the numerous metaphors that we're working with. So as you're listening to our text this morning, I invite you to listen with a bit of imagination. Where do you see yourself fitting into this text? What is this text saying to you? And more so, what is taking root? So with this in mind, center yourself in a position of listening and hear what God is saying to the church. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. Such great crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there while the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, Listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell on a path, and the birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and they sprang up quickly, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. If you have ears, hear. Hear then the parable of the sower, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in the heart. This is what was sown on the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet such a person has no root but endures only for a while. And when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, that person immediately falls away. As for what was sown among the thorns, 
This is the one who hears the word. But the cares of this age and the lure of wealth choke the word, and it yields nothing. But as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our Lord shall stand forever. Amen. So I stumbled across a captivating article this week titled, Eight Industries That Thrived During the COVID-19 Pandemic. Eight Industries. Number one's pretty obvious. Remote working platforms like Zoom, remote working platforms and spaces. That was a no-brainer, right? And ranked at number two was garden and home improvement, specifically houseplants. Throughout the first two years of the pandemic, the demand for houseplants surged by nearly 20%. It's a good time to be a houseplant, all right? Statistically, Plants encourage happiness, optimism. They can improve air quality and even encourage productivity. But that's only if a plant is alive and well. <laughs> now the average plant owner has killed about seven houseplants. And for me, that's a statistic that I can relate to. One second. See? Doesn't look very good, does it? Yeah, I dabbled in the houseplant craze over the last few years, and this is a succulent, and this succulent has been one of my greatest challenges to date. Now, I got a succulent because they're supposed to be the introductory plants for new owners. They're pretty low maintenance. They require very little water and sunlight. And if you see, like if Bo was here with the camera, I'd have him zoom in, and there's all this brown, and it's pulling, and it's broken, and it's ugly, and I think it's dying a very sad and slow death. <laughs> I'm lost here as to what to do with this succulent. I've put it outside. I've put it in the shade in direct sunlight, and then I moved it to indirect sunlight. I've played around with its watering schedule and nothing, it still looks like this. So naturally, I had to reach out to one of my friends who's a real plant savvy kind of girl, and I asked her for some advice. After I walked her through my dilemma and told her everything that I had tried, told her my ideas about the plant, she said, Kelly, you need to pay attention to the soil. We meet Jesus in a very familiar scene. Near the sea with crowds gathered around him, there are so many people present that he stands up in a boat on the beach and begins telling the story of a sower. 
This parable is unique as it's one that is delivered not only to the disciples. Jesus is sharing this message with great crowds. He is seeking to reach a wide audience and uses the power of parables to share the goodness of God's word with as many people as possible. He invites them in and says, listen, hear this. He goes on to explain that the seeds represent the gospel and the sower represents anyone who proclaims it and the various soils represent the people's response. By casting out a wide net for this story, he makes the kingdom accessible, available, and in plain sight for all. Here he is reminding us that we are all worthy of the sower's seeds. What I find most interesting about this parable is that the main character, the sower, is a complete mystery. This person has a biblical story named after them, and yet we tend to read the text as a parable about different kinds of soils. Could it be that we should be taking note from the sower? spreading the gospel around freely, not worried about birds or rocks or other interruptions? I think why I find this text so challenging is because I've been reading it too narrowly. I've been wanting to think about myself as soil, healthy soil that's had enough water and is cared for, that can take root in the healthy ground and blossom after the proper care. But what Jesus shows us is that good soil, good soil can't do anything without a sower willing to throw some seeds around. This is the parable of the sower, after all. The goodness of God cannot take root in the world without sowers who are willing to share it so freely that it reaches thorny fields and damaged soil. The sower was onto something here. Perhaps Jesus is pushing us to realize that we are the sower and the soil. Perhaps Jesus is saying, take the risk. It will be worth it. As Roger reminded us a few weeks ago, we have to get off the fence and respond to the gospel charge if we want to witness the gospel take root in the world, we must proclaim it. This isn't surprising to us. We are all totally aware that this is an essential piece of following Christ. It's what brings us back to this space week after week, chiming in online week after week. But what I think sets the sower apart from other characters is that the sower isn't spreading the gospel because they know it's the right thing to do. The sower believes in the possibilities of the gospel. The sower is living into God's pursuit without hesitation, and 
I just have to say, it wasn't until this week, my most recent encounter with this text, that I can stand here and tell you that this is the kind of faith that I want to live out. This is the fruit that I want to taste, and this is the good news that I can get behind. But at the same time, this story totally validates obstacles in our lives and obstacles in our faith. Obstacles such as grief, anxiety, lack of understanding, and evil. Obstacles that discourage us from throwing seeds and obstacles that get in the way of some good soil. The gospel isn't safe from reality after all. We still have to navigate our faith in a world, a world that has rocky soil, damaged soil, rotten fruit, and sowers that are just mediocre. But yet this text pushes us to see that the sower and the soil work hand in hand. And when a risky sower finds the right soil, fruit can bear. When we bear fruit, it affirms our trust in God. A story that comes to mind when I think about where I've seen fruit bloom is the Child Care Center partnership with the YWCA Sprout School, one of our urban mission partners that's headquartered, uh, headquartered right across the street here from the sanctuary doors. And for those that may be newer to our congregation, the Child Care Center at Second Presbyterian was something that did not survive the COVID-19 pandemic. After countless meetings, prayer, and denied grant applications, we made the hard decision to close the doors on the Child Care Center. And in one of those meetings, Elick Evans, our former pastor here, reminded us that even in these times of doubt and uncertainty, we trust God. Now, nearly three years later, we can celebrate the new Sprout School location at Second Presbyterian Church. It is such a joy to walk these halls during the week and hear children at play again Five days a week, teachers, staff, and children come into our building and they feel such a strong sense of Christ's hospitality all around them. All of a sudden, there's laughing and screaming and even crying and the ABCs happening and tricycles and nap time, all of that. It's back in the building again and it's amazing. I know that I'm not alone when I say that even in the midst of children crying, I give thanks that we took that risk, that we were able to throw out some seeds and find a new pot of soil. And that, my friends, reminds us that faith in God can always produce fruit. Believe it or not, just a few weeks ago, July 1st, marked three years for me of serving in ministry at Second Presbyterian Church. 
And what I've learned about this congregation is that you are so capable of bearing fruit. But we here are more than capable. We are called. Called to bear fruit. Called to share the seeds of the gospel with the world and bear witness to the kingdom. We are called to produce fruit and give it so freely. It's like we're throwing seeds on top of rocky soil. In the promise of the kingdom, God reveals to us that seeds are capable of overcoming all sorts of obstacles. And God's promise is worth every risk. We are called to trust that seeds and bulbs and cocoons will reveal God's promise to the world. Because when we trust God, transformation is undeniable. In the bulb there is a flower, in the seed an apple tree, in cocoons a hidden promise, butterflies will soon be free. In the cold and snow of winter, there's a spring that wants to be unrevealed until its season, something God alone can see. Please pray with me. God, there are promises planted, there are seeds planted, there are trees ready to bloom, and something that only you can see. And so we pray that even in the midst of our doubt-ridden soil, our rocky soil, our tired soil, you will remind us that every risk is worth it, that your promise to transformation is undeniable, and that becoming a kingdom together in this community garden that you've created for us is our calling. So we trust God, we serve God, we serve one another, and we join hand in hand. Amen.